Mackerel Podcast number 357 for May 29th, 2013. Welcome to another Mackerel Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. You may have noticed that increasingly, the digital devices we use most often do so without the aid of wires. Beaming this here, syncing that there, and broadcasting yet another thing over yonder. That's the subject of this week's podcast, wireless streaming of audio and video. Dan Frakes joins me to talk about just that. I'm joined by senior editor Dan Frakes, who recently penned a couple of pieces worth your time if you're interested in more media using fewer wires. The first is how to get started with AirPlay, and the other is how to use a Bluetooth keyboard with the Apple TV. Welcome, Dan. Hi, Chris. Good to be here. Tell me, let's uh, let's start <laughs> with the very basics. What is AirPlay? So AirPlay, uh, it was originally called AirTunes, and that was back in several versions of iTunes ago. And what it was at the time was a way to stream your iTunes music, so any music that was playing in iTunes, wirelessly to an Apple TV, or excuse me, to an Airport Express. And the Airport Express, of course, has an audio jack on it. So the idea here was that you plug in your Airport Express somewhere near your stereo and plug a stereo into the Airport Express, and then you can hear your iTunes on your home entertainment system or your you know your your big rig rather than on your computer speakers and so that's how it started out and then eventually there were airtunes speakers so speakers that had the the airtunes capabilities built in uh, and then apple eventually changed the name to airplay rather than airtunes and the reason for that was initially because you know you could stream other kinds of audio besides music but also because you could stream video so airplay now is Essentially, Apple's technology for getting your audio or video from a Mac or an iOS device to some other destination, some kind of receiver that takes it and then shows it on your TV, plays it through your stereo. Uh, It's wireless streaming media. Okay. So I expect there are people now at home listening, turning around their airport extreme-based stations and saying, great. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. But just to clear up confusion, you know, you're very clear about okay. Express. But what about the Extreme? Are so, those people out of the out in the cold? Yeah, you know, I always thought this was a little odd, but the Airport Extreme does not have the audio out jack. I, I mean, I guess Apple just figures the the Extreme is sort of your industrial strength big, you know, uh, wireless access point. You've got it hidden somewhere, uh, and the Airport Express is what you stick around your house to do wireless network extension and to do airplay but it would be really nice if the airport extreme did audio too um i've actually got we've got airplay set up in different rooms around our house with uh several amps and speakers like we've even got a couple speakers like in our bedroom built in the ceiling and we've got an airport extreme right next to the amp for those and we actually have a an airport express connected with an ethernet cable like six inches long just to get the audio to the amp so yeah it would be really nice if the Airport Extreme did it, but right now it's just the Airport Express. Okay, and then this is the case for all Airport Expresses. Yes, yes. For in terms, of, we're talking audio here, of course. Um, right. The Airport Express. Every Airport Express ever has had the audio jack. Yes. Okay. Now, so how is this different than other wireless services such as Bluetooth? Because you could stream Bluetooth audio. Right. Well. Bluetooth is, for starters, if you're an audiophile, if you've got picky ears, um, Bluetooth uses loss, lossy audio compression. So it loses a bit of the audio signal 
during transmission when it compresses it and sends it and then decodes it. Uh, so that's one thing, although honestly for a lot of people that's not going to make a big difference if you're listening to compressed music files already. Uh, the other is that, uh, one other is that Bluetooth is limited to by distance. So uh, you have to be within about 30 meters in good conditions from your source. So your iOS device has to be you know, within 90 to 100 feet of, of where the receiver is. Um, and Bluetooth, in my experience, it's easily disrupted by other wireless interference. Um, and then the other thing is that with Bluetooth, you have one source and one receiver. So, you know, a Mac and a set of Bluetooth speakers or, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, one iPod or, or excuse me, iPod Touch or iPhone or iPad and one speaker that has Bluetooth because you can only send audio over one to one device. Whereas AirPlay, um, depending on what you're streaming from, you can actually stream to multiple speakers. So in our house, for example, we've got a bunch of rooms with AirPlay speakers. And so we can actually stream to multiple things at once and have the same music playing all over the house, which we actually did yesterday. We had friends over for, uh, for the holiday and we had music playing all over the house from one computer. Okay, so how fast does your network have to be in order to deliver good sounding audio throughout your house? Well, for audio, it's actually pretty much any network. You know, there's the, every Airport Express released in the last, I don't know how many years, maybe seven, eight, um, has had uh, 802.11G, <clears throat> and um, 802.11G or N, which is the newer standard, are plenty. Uh, you can even do it over 802.11B, which is the older standard from like the original Airport Express, and that still works fine if you're just streaming audio, as long as you're not doing a bunch of other stuff at the same time. Uh, if you're going to air do AirPlay for video, which I'm assuming we'll talk about in a little bit, you're probably going to want an N network because the video, of course, just uses so much more bandwidth. Right, right. And, and I should add that both video and audio can also work over Ethernet, too. So if you've got an Ethernet network in your house, uh, you can also stream over that network directly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say I have an iOS device with music on it, and I want to play it in, a say, a living room without connecting it to wires. So what's the simplest setup I could use? Well, the simplest one is if you've actually bought a pair of speakers or you've already got a home theater receiver that has AirPlay built in. So there are a, uh, there's probably dozens, I'd say, nowadays and more uh, every day speakers from, from big name vendors, Logitech, Klipsch, um, B&W, JBL, that have the AirPlay circuitry built in. So once you set them up, and it's a fairly easy process the first time you, you plug them in, uh, once you've got it set up as a, uh, on your network, Essentially, any Mac or iOS device that you've got that's playing audio, you can just send it directly to that system. And similarly, if you've got, like we've got a Yamaha receiver in our family room, a home theater receiver, and it has AirPlay built in. And it's actually really nice because it not only does it have it built in, but it also, you can turn off the receiver. And if it detects an AirPlay signal, it advertises itself to the network all the time. So all of your iPads and your Macs and your iPhones can always see it as an AirPlay destination. When you start sending audio, the receiver automatically wakes up and starts playing through the speakers. You don't even have to turn it on. And that's what a lot of the AirPlay systems do that have the AirPlay built in, is they will just wake up automatically when you send AirPlay audio to them. So that's the easiest way. It's also, for a lot of people, is a more expensive way because you've got to go out and buy something that has AirPlay built in. So is it difficult to find things that have AirPlay built in? I know that there's, you mentioned some models that have it, but is it really common or, is, or do you have to dig a little bit? 
if if you're looking for just a standalone speaker system, you know, like something that sits on your desktop or mm-hmm. on a counter, those are actually pretty common. We've reviewed a few dozen of them, and I'd say there's you know several dozen or a few scores of them available. They're, they're pretty easy enough to find. Apple Store sell them. The Apple Store online has them. Uh, we've got a couple guides on our site actually for AirPlay speakers. Uh, the home theater systems that have built-in AirPlay are a little less common. Uh, there are several brands like Denon, Yamaha, Moran's, uh, Moran's and um, a couple other brands that actually have a Pioneer, I think it's another one, that have a bunch of models with it built in. So, it, you know, if you like one of those brands, then you're set. They all have them. Uh, but uh, a lot of people, though, you know, you've already got a home theater system. You don't feel like going out and spending another three, four, five, six hundred dollars just to get AirPlay built in. So that is where the Airport Express comes in. Okay, so that's the cheap solution, right? So the Airport Express, you know, you think they're not, what ninety nine dollars or seventy nine now? I've actually forgotten. Uh, I think they lowered them in price, didn't they? Um, I've seen them on sale for seventy nine. Yeah, I'm okay, honestly, so, not sure. Yeah. So anyway, it's roughly between eighty and a hundred dollars, and uh, you just configure it as part of your your airport network. And uh, then, like we said, it's got a, an audio jack on the back. So you just stick an Airport Express somewhere near your existing speaker system, whether that's an old iPod dock or iPhone dock or your home theater uh, system or, or whatever, and then set it up as part of your network and then stream directly to that. Just plug an audio cable from the Airport Express to your speakers. And the Airport Express actually supports both optical and analog uh, audio cables so uh, connections so you can use either or so that's the that's the cheapest way to do it although it does require uh, that your main airport wireless base station is an airport extreme or express because you can only join an um, the airport express can only join an existing network if that network is an apple branded network so another alternative to that is to actually use an apple tv which has built-in wireless and ethernet and can also stream audio. Uh, the and it's about the same price. It's ninety nine bucks. So you can hook that up to your home entertainment system or speaker system. The the hitch there is that it only does digital audio out. So it has a Toslink digital audio output. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do analog audio out. Uh, the upside is that it does so much more than than audio in terms of you know video and all the Apple TV stuff. Is there a some kind of an adapter so I can go from Toslink to analog if I need to? There are, but they're not cheap. And honestly, you know, if you're going to go to all that trouble, you might as well just get an Airport Express because it's got the the analog output built in. Right. Okay. Well, what about latency? So suppose that I'm playing a video through my Apple TV, but I want to use uh, something else to play the audio on a different AirPlay device. So let's say I'm playing an Apple TV into my uh, television that's on my dresser in my bedroom, but I want to use Sonos speakers using AirPlay. How feasible is that? It really depends. I've, I've tested this in a, a few different scenarios, and the the depending on what you're doing, depending on what else is going on in your network, depending on the speed of your network, it can work. Uh, it may not, you, you may occasionally get a, a little bit of out of sync audio, but it can work. Uh, the other alternative is we've taught you and I have both reviewed versions of Airfoil, which is Rogue Amoeba's utility for the Mac that lets you send audio from not just iTunes, but any source on your Mac to uh, AirPlay uh, destinations. It comes with a little utility that, that essentially lets you play a video on your Mac and 
then syncs the audio over AirPlay and lets you adjust the sync so that if there's a little bit of latency, you can kind of sync it back up. Uh, so that's an option. But honestly, you're better off sending the video directly over AirPlay for video uh, using Apple TV. That's the ideal solution. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know I can stream all of my Max audio over AirPlay, but suppose I want to stream just the output of a particular app. Um, what are my options there? So on your Mac, if you if if that source happens to be iTunes, then you're set because iTunes is the one right. is the one app on the Mac that officially supports AirPlay. Uh, if if not, then Airfoil, which we just talked about, is really your solution because what Airfoil does is you launch it and it gives you a list of all your running apps, any app that's that's currently that's capable of, of audio, and you choose the app you want. Say the trying to think of a good example like the Mac um, sound or Spotify client mm -hmm. and then you choose any of your Apple TVs or Airport Expresses or AirPlay speakers any AirPlay destination and you can choose multiple ones too so you can stream to multiple destinations at once and Airfoil handles all the 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 AirPlay you know workings behind the scenes and does that for you and that's really the the only officially only only real way to do that. It's not officially supported by Apple. Apple supports only iTunes audio or all audio from your Mac. So we'll turn to iOS devices for a second. Will iOS devices mirror all of the apps that are on them? So so if we're talking about video, then the answer is no. Uh, the AirPlay mirroring, which lets you send everything that's on your iOS devices screen to an Apple TV and thus to your TV. Uh, AirPlay mirroring for video works only on new devices, uh, and I think specifically that's the iPhone 4S or later, uh, iPad 2 or later, including the iPad mini, and the most recent iPod Touch, the fifth generation or later. Uh, and they have to be running iOS 5 or iOS 6. So on those devices, the if you uh, it's it's a little it's almost hidden. I've known a lot of people who actually didn't realize iOS had this feature, but if you double tap the home button so that you get the task switcher at the bottom, and then mm -hmm. you swipe it to the right one or, once or twice, depending on the device, you see the little AirPlay button. And if you tap that, you'll actually see a list of all of the all of the AirPlay destinations on your network. Some of them will have just a speaker shown, and that little icon means that it only does audio, that device. But if you have Apple TVs, they show up with a little sort of TV screen icon next to them, and those you can then send video. And uh, once you tap one of those, a little slider will show saying mirroring, and then you say on or off. So if you do that on those devices, then everything that happens on your iOS device's screen will show up on your TV. Okay, but that doesn't apply to every single app that you have. Right, there are a few apps that for, let's just say, copyright reasons, um, limit that capability, and they do not let you mirror them. I'm assuming that's what you're referring to. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, like I think H is H. No, HBO actually switched. Now they do let you. Correct. Right. right. They for a long time they didn't allow you to right. mirror, and now they do. And that was one of their big right. pushes, saying, "Hey, look, look how cool we are. We can do this." Right. Which right. Makes sense. But there are other services that don't allow right. you to do it. Right. And it's it's worth noting that this is we were just talking about mirroring, and those are requirements for mirroring. Um, a lot of apps, they uh, they they actually do their own video output, so you can use them and mirror their whatever they're showing on the screen on your Apple TV on older devices. So with iOS 4.2, I believe, and those devices, older devices, you can use specific apps to view the app's content on your TV screen. It just won't do mirroring. And on those devices and those, excuse me, in those apps, 
um, you have to turn on AirPlay individually just for that app. But that's how, for example, the Netflix app works on older devices, even though those older devices don't support mirroring. So say that I have movies on my Mac that won't work in iTunes. So I've got some stuff at QuickTime. Maybe I've got some um, video files that are not in iTunes acceptable formats. Is there any way that I can play those over AirPlay? Yeah, there are actually kind of like with Airfoil and audio, there are third-party apps that will let you do that. Uh, I've tried a few. The one I like the best is actually called Beamer. And it just gives you a little bit of... A little window when you launch it it gives you a little window on your mac uh, and then a list of all the uh, apple tvs on your network so you choose one and then you just drag a video directly onto the beamer window and it starts streaming to your apple tv uh, but it's the nice thing about it is it's also in, in addition to letting you stream video that itunes doesn't support it also lets you stream video that you just don't want to add to itunes and have copy to your itunes library and show up in your movies list and etc uh, and so it's it's convenient for other reasons too so i know that not all macs support airplay natively uh, do you know which ones do in terms of mirroring the screen yeah right right so if you're running mountain lion on a on a newer mac and by newer that means uh it's a mid 2011 or newer imac Mac Mini or MacBook Air, or an early 2011 or newer MacBook Pro. I think that's the list, if I'm getting it right from memory. Uh, and on those Macs, you can actually just mirror your Mac's display directly to your TV over an Apple TV. So you can see what's on your screen on the TV. Uh, and in fact, you can even decide how you want that to appear. You can choose so that your Mac's display matches your TV's resolution which gives you the best display on the TV, but it may look a little blurry on your Mac. Or you can have your TV's display mirror, uh, match your Mac's display. So that looks best on your Mac, but it may have some funny you know, aspect ratio on your TV, or you may just get some black bars on the side. But it's a built-in feature now in Mountain Lion. Now, where do you configure that? So there's two places, actually. Uh, in Mountain Lion, if you're on a local network with a compatible Apple TV uh, um, available. You'll actually see in the menu bar a new AirPlay menu. It just appears whenever it detects that there's a compatible AirPlay receiver. Uh, and on, from that menu, you can actually choose then, say, AirPlay mirror on, and then choose which Apple TV, if there's more than one, uh, you want to send the video to. There's also, uh, you can also find it in system preferences. There's actually one in the, uh, in the displays pane of system preferences. You can do the same thing. What if I have an older Mac that doesn't support this, but I still want to be able to mirror the content of my Mac screen and put it on an Apple TV? Air Parrot is, uh, is the answer to this one. Uh, is a utility, I think it's about 10 bucks that lets you mirror older Mac screens to an Apple TV. So it does kind of the same thing, but it's using a third-party app instead of built into the OS. And, and do you see any big difference between the quality? You know, I, say like native AirPlay and AirParrot. Yeah, you know, I haven't used AirParrot enough because both of my Macs. I used it a few years ago before I had upgraded my desktop Mac, but both of my Macs now can do it natively. So I haven't used it recently, so I can't really attest to that. But uh, AirParrot, one advantage it does have over the built-in uh, capabilities is that it also lets you use your TV as a second display for your Mac. So not only can you mirror your display on your TV, but you can also show one thing on your display and then another thing on the TV, on the TV which can be nice for like presentations and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I want to move to another article you wrote, and that's uh, about using a Bluetooth keyboard with your Apple TV. Uh, 
When did Apple allow you to do this? They added it in, it was iOS, um, excuse me, Apple TV software 5.2, which I think came out in January or February. Okay. And uh, what, how does this work? So all it lets you do is it lets you uh, pair any standard Bluetooth keyboard. The Apple says the, the Apple wireless keyboard, but then they kind of say in small print, but you might be able to get it to work with something else. It works with any standard Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, you can pair that keyboard with your Apple TV and then use the keyboard both as a controller to navigate the Apple TV, and by controller I mean you use the arrow keys to go, to, to go cycle through menus up and down, back and forward and back. Uh, and then return or enter will, is like the select button. And escape is the menu button, which honestly to me, escape seems a little more intuitive because you're kind of getting out of the current menu. Mm -hmm. but, right. but essentially it emulates the menu button. You can use the, the, the keys on the keyboard for text entry. So you know, if you've ever used an Apple TV and had to enter a password or text for, say, searching for a movie, you know, you kind of like left, 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 right, up, 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 M, you know, down, 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 right, right, yeah, right, yeah. E. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you have a Bluetooth keyboard paired with your Apple TV, for starters, whenever there's a text entry field, you can just type. And, and it works really well. Uh, and not only does that work well for that, but the, the, what I talked about earlier with the, the arrow keys, it's just so much more fluid. I, I don't know about you, but when I use the Apple TV's built-in or stock remote, when I'm going up or down, you know, it's really slow. Like you're like down, 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 and it's like on the screen, it's going down, down, down. Yeah, right. And so then sometimes I'll hold it down, right, to say, okay, I'll scroll faster, and then it goes flying past where I want it. So on the on the Bluetooth keyboard, it's it's instantaneous response. You go down, 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 and it's four spaces, and it's done, right. Uh, but you can also, in addition to typing into text fields, you can type ahead to choose items in a list. So when you go into the artist list or the song track list in, in when listening to music, and there's like you know five thousand things there, uh, instead of scrolling down and waiting from waiting and waiting, you can just start typing you know str and it'll jump immediately to that part str of the of the artist name or song name, uh, and so it's much easier to navigate these long lists. Oh, that's really useful because I don't listen to music on my Apple TV for exactly that reason because, you know, I have 60,000 songs or something, you know, and if you're in the wrong place and even if you're looking for an album name right. or an artist name, to hold down that next, you know, the the down button is just ridiculous. Oh, totally. I, I, I never listened to music on the Apple TV before a Bluetooth keyboard. It just it wasn't worth the trouble. Uh, well, there's sure to be some people listening who say, oh, well, that's awesome because I've got a Mac Mini next to my Apple TV in my AV system so I could use my keyboard for both those things. So, one, you, you can't, right? You, well, you can't unless. There's the answer. Okay, let's talk about the unless. So, well, so if you've got a standard Bluetooth keyboard like Apple's, Bluetooth keyboard, Apple's wireless keyboard. No, you can't because they can only be paired with one device at a time. But Logitech makes some really great, two models, really great keyboards for the Mac that are designed to pair with three devices at once. And one of them is called the, the Easy Switch keyboard and one's called the Wireless Solar Keyboard K760, if I remember correctly. And, and each of those keyboards can pair with three devices. So say an Apple TV, a Mac, and an iPad, or two, two iPads and an iPhone. And then whenever you want to use one of those devices, you just press, there's three buttons at the top, one for each device. And so you press, say, F3 is for your Apple TV. 
when you want to go back to your Mac Mini, you press F2, and it switches you know, within a few seconds. And we actually have one of those in our family room, and we love it. Um, and it, it just, you know, it lets us use the Apple TV and the computer in the family room and an iPad if I'm typing sometime on the couch, uh, all with the same keyboard. That's awesome. I've never heard of this thing. I'm going to get I've reviewed one. both of them on this side. Well, you know, I read every word you write. I know, but, I know. Um, but there's so many you can't there's remember. There's so much all, of right? it. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, and I, no, that sounds great because I, I do know that people routinely write me and say, well, I've got this thing paired to this and, and now it's triggering that or I want it to trigger that and I can't do it and what do I do? And I, you know, normally I just say, well, you have to unpair and then you have to pair again. Uh, by the way, how easy is it to pair a wireless keyboard with the Apple TV? It's really pretty simple. You go on the Apple TV, you go into the um, general settings and then there's a new menu called Bluetooth. And once you go into that menu, the Apple TV automatically looks for any Bluetooth keyboards in pairing mode. And then you choose choose one. Once yours shows up, you choose it in the list. And then it'll show you a, a four-digit code on your TV. And you type that on mm -hmm. the keyboard, press return, and that's it. And then from that point on, whenever you turn the keyboard back on again, it automatically reconnects. You see this nifty little icon on the middle, on the in the corner of the eye, uh, Apple TV. Excuse me, in the corner of your TV uh, when mm -hmm. the Apple TV is live, uh, that shows like a little Bluetooth keyboard to say, "Hey, we're connected again." Um, and you know, while we're talking about this, I should also mention a little secret, and that is that a few weeks ago, I reviewed a little utility for the Mac called Type to Phone. And what it does is it lets your Mac act as a Bluetooth keyboard for your iPad or your iPhone. And so, and, and, and it's nifty because what happens is, is once you pair your Mac with your, say, your iPad, uh, only when the app is actually the frontmost app does it actually act as a keyboard. So mm -hmm. I've actually got my iPad at my desk and I use it just kind of for watching Twitter and stuff. But when I want to type something, I just switch over to this app using, you know, the normal keyboard shortcut in, in OS 10, you know, command tab that brings up type to phone. And then when I start typing, it starts typing on the iPad. You can also pair your Mac to the Apple TV with that same app. So you can, if you happen to have a Mac, you know, a Mac in your office with a TV and Apple TV over in the corner, you can actually use your Mac's keyboard as the Apple TV keyboard. It's just a, I realize it's a niche case, right? There's like 10 of us who will ever do, do this. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm, but it works. I'm trying to think why I would want to do this, but I think, you know, you're enthusiastic enough about it that I guess I'll give well, it a so try. I, I admit it, I, I am in one of those niche users in that my office has an Apple TV and a TV because I do a lot of testing and stuff of the Apple TV. Right. So I will use this occasionally to, to type stuff into my Apple TV from my Mac without having to get out a different Bluetooth keyboard or whatever. So are there any disadvantages to using a Bluetooth keyboard with an Apple TV? Uh, one would, I guess, be that unless you have one of these Logitech keyboards that has multiple devices that you can pair with, uh, it means that your, that your Bluetooth keyboard is kind of stuck with your Apple TV and can't be used with other things. Mm -hmm. But that said, you know, you can get an, a really nice Bluetooth keyboard for like $29 from Amazon now. They're, Amazon has their own called an Amazon Basics Bluetooth keyboard for iPad that I think is like $29, and I've seen it on sale for like $24. That's a really nice keyboard, and it's Bluetooth, and it's lightweight, you know. And there's also little, uh, a number of brands like Logitech make these tiny little keyboards that are sort of thumb typing keyboards, but they're made for media center PCs, and you can use those too. So. You may not you may not be bothered by that limitation, 
Um, the other one, which several people commented on, one, on the article I wrote, is that I've got kids. I could never have a Bluetooth keyboard near my Apple TV. Uh, so I guess, in theory, that is one. If you have kids who see a, type or, or a keyboard and immediately want to run over and start typing on it, then that you'd have to keep it out of reach. I suspect also that there are people who are saying, well, how about if I used Apple's magic trackpad with it? Because then I could just swoop down list just using a two-finger gesture, and I could do my clicking that way, and wouldn't that be awesome? And will it work? No, it will not. If you want that, though, your best option is to download Apple's remote app for, for, the, for the Apple TV. That works on any iPad, iPhone, or iPod Touch, and one of its modes, which you know is actually kind of hidden. A lot of people I've talked to didn't realize this, but... Normally, when you launch it, it shows you menus that you can scroll through and tap, just like as if you were using, say, the music app. But there's a button on there that lets you switch over, and it turns your iOS device into, essentially, a magic trackpad for the Apple TV. And then you can use it to scroll up and down through menus, tap the screen when you want to select a menu, etc. Uh, I think there's, like, if you double tap or tap with two fingers, I think it's like a menu button. So so mm -hmm. if you're really looking for the magic trackpad experience, that's the way to approximate it. Okay. Um, before we leave, I wanted to back up um, and ask for a recommendation about some AirPlay speakers, standalone speakers that you've looked at that you like. So I've looked at some. Lex Friedman has looked at a bunch. I've had him do a lot of reviews of uh, AirPlay speakers for us. And, you know, i, I got to say that right now, the only one I would recommend, and it's only because it's so cheap, is Klipsch has an AirPlay speaker system called the G17. And Lex reviewed it about, I'm going to say about a year ago. And at the time, it was his absolute favorite. And it's still one of his top two or three picks. It's it's fairly thin. It's really beautiful speakers, like glossy black with a you know black mesh on it. It's wall-mountable, or you can set it on a desk. Uh, and it sounds Great. Lex says it's probably one of the top two or three that he's heard of the standalone speakers. But the thing about it is that it was 500 bucks when he reviewed it. Five or 600. I think it was 550 actually. But for mm. some reason, over the last probably month and a half to two months, um, reputable dealers, Amazon, Best Buy, uh, and even Woot of all places, have been selling it for around $200. And I just saw it yesterday at Best Buy for a day for $160. And hmm. I, I, I posted on Twitter once in a while. I do these PSAs on Twitter when I find things that are a good deal. And uh, and over the last probably two months, I think I've found four or five different places that were selling it for $200 or less. And every time I do, Lex, is, Lex sends me a message. He's like, this is crazy. Why would you not buy this? And so, so <laughs> right now, I would say that if you can find that one, and it's on sale a lot, uh, I, I, my guess is that Klipsch is, is just kind of clearing them out uh, so they can come out with a new model. But even the cheapest, AirPlay speakers, AirPlay speakers are not cheap. Even the le least expensive ones we found have been like 170 to $200. And those are for not very good ones. Uh, supposedly, the AirPlay circuitry is expensive to put in speakers. So a lot of play companies aren't doing it except in the expensive speakers. So a good AirPlay speaker system is generally three, four, five hundred dollars So if you can find this thing for 180 bucks, uh, it sounds like a steal. Huh. So it's a single unit, but stereo? Right. It's a single unit. It's kind of wide, but not very tall. So you get a little more stereo separation. Um, Lex raves about the sound quality of it. Uh, the only thing he complains about is the remote is horrible. It's a little tiny, cheap, chintzy remote. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, the truth is, you're not going to use the remote that often for for an AirPlay speaker because you can do everything from the your your phone or your computer. Um, there there are a number of other good ones out there, and in fact, we've got a page on the site which I'm sure you'll link to in the show notes of all the AirPlay speaker reviews we've done. Um, but I have a hard time recommending a $600 one that sounds good when right now you can get an, uh, this Klipsch one under warranty, you know, officially from a reputable dealer for a third of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so after you've done all this stuff, you've set up airport expresses around your house and you've got various sources, is it worth doing? So we've done it. Uh, you know, a few years ago, you and I and Jason Snell uh, did a, a couple articles about setting up whole home audio systems. And for the, mm-hmm. and you remember this, I'm sure, but for our readers who didn't see that one, I did Apple T, or excuse me, AirTunes, uh, which at the time was called AirTunes, and now AirPlay. Um, Jason did Logitech Squeezebox, and you did Sonos. And right. we sort of came up with the pros and cons of each. And, and the pros of the Air, AirPlay system were essentially that if you've already got Apple Gear, it's the cheapest way to go. Uh, if you've already mm-hmm. got existing stereo systems, it's probably the cheapest way to go because you just hook up a $99 Express and you're, you're, you're there. So I've kind of built on this system since then. When we did remodeling in our house, we put some speakers in the ceiling and, and set them up with some amps and Airport Express units. Uh, we've got a couple AirPlay speakers at different places. So we kind of went all out with it and we like it a lot. The the advantage of it, like I said, is if, if you've got Apple gear, it just works. It's easy to use. Uh, if you like iTunes or, or the, the music app on your iPhone or your iPad, you already are familiar with the interface. You don't have to learn anything. Uh, the, the, the disadvantage, I would say, is there, there are a couple. One is that unless you're streaming from a Mac, you can only stream to one AirPlay unit at a time, so Air, mm-hmm. AirPlay receiver. So when I'm on my iPhone or iPad, I can only stream to, say, the family room. If I'm on my Mac, of course, I can stream to as many as I want. And so that's like yesterday I mentioned when we were doing this at our house, I used a Mac to play back Pandora and did that to, to all of the rooms in the house. Uh, another another uh, disadvantage, which you can probably speak to better than I can, is that unless you're using something like Airfoil and a Mac, you can't do a lot of like music subscription services, whereas Sonos, Sonos has built-in support for Spotify and Pandora and all these music subscription services and lets you easily stream that everywhere. Uh, and then I guess the, the other thing I would say is that is that the, the Sonos and, and some of the other similar systems, they're really built around, um, they, 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 they specialize in letting you customize playlists and do all these things on the fly from wherever you are, whereas uh, the Apple solution is, you've got a playlist, let's play it. So, And I, I think you probably have a few more comments on that. Um, yeah, the one thing I like about Sonos, well, I like everything about Sonos, but in addition to that is that you can stream different right. music to different Good. rooms. Yeah. And that's a big deal now because my uh, daughter is really into <laughs> today's pop music and I'm really not. I love thrift shop, but you know, after the first 50 times of hearing it, I'm done. Uh, so she can go into her room where, where she's got a Sonos unit in there and she can play her stuff there. And then in my office, I have Sonos down here and I can play something different there. And then my wife can listen to something completely different in her office. So the ability to stream from different services through a unified interface, which is basically this wonderful controller app on an iOS or, or an Android device, 
is pretty powerful. The gear is certainly more expensive, although today they've got a promo, I think, where um, you can get a Play 3, a Bridge, and three months of Rhapsody Premiere for $299. Wow, which that's is really cheap. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it gives you a way to actually try the system out. And I think what they say is, um, you know, once you've tried Sonos, then it's not long before you start buying more stuff because people take to it right away. Um, but if I weren't doing that, if I hadn't been exposed to Sonos, I, I certainly see the wisdom of using AirPlay, particularly since now that, you know, we have so many different devices that can broadcast right. to different units. You know, I've got, if I want to have one kind of music in one room, well, my daughter can use her iPod Touch to play her music that way in her room, and I can use my iPhone to play it somewhere else. So the fact that we have multiple sources as well as multiple uh airplay destinations i think makes that sonos advantage um a little less compelling than it right, was but they've also to their credit have been adding a lot of features and a lot of sources and stuff uh, as well oh, so yeah. you know you're 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 losing a little bit but you're gaining some too and it, yeah yeah no i i can't say enough yeah and, nice and if i hadn't already set up so much of this airplay system when we did our article a few years ago i may have gone the sonos route as well for the same reasons that you have yeah. Well, and it, it, I think, as you'll find, because I know you have a couple of kids, that as they get older, <laughs> that will become more and yeah. more tempting for, the re for exactly yeah. those reasons, because they are going to, you know, they'll get into oh, yeah. their music. And well, we're already there. So. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. they, they've got an old iPad they've got set up with some of their their you know apps and stuff that they play that they use. And they've got some music on there that's their music and and they know how to use AirPlay already. So they're a. Uh, they're, they're already there. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks, Dan. Again, the articles you should take a gander at are how to get started with AirPlay and how to use a Bluetooth keyboard with the Apple TV, which is something I was skeptical of, but now I'm certainly going to do it, particularly now that I know about this unit that will allow me to use that keyboard with three different devices. And with that, all that's left to me is to say thank you very much, Dan, for being here. Thanks, Chris. And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank Dan Frakes and, of course, you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast.macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you around.